Hello everyone, welcome back to Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. I am Al, and with me today, I can't think of a very clever way to introduce him, so hi Chad, how's it going? I'm the co-host with the most. Yes you are. His name is Chad Knight, the host <laughs> with the most. He moved out okay, there, Anyways, so we are now starting... Oh, I thought you were going to do it again. I could if you want. No, that's okay. okay. I just thought you were going to. Okay, so we are now starting season four of Black Mirror, and season four, baby. And honestly, with this season, I'd have to say, in my opinion, the first episode and the last episode are the best of the season, and probably two of the better episodes in the series. Uh, honestly, the to tell you the truth, the episodes that come in between. And I think there's like three of them. Not really impressed with them it because they're a bit more slower paced. But we'll be getting to them soon enough. So for now, let's take a look at the USS Callister. And before we recorded this episode and before you watched it, I had a suspicion that you would probably like this episode because, you know, you're into Star Wars, Star Trek, sci-fi, stuff like that, right? Well, I am into Star Trek. Uh, Star Wars is fine. I am more of a Star Trek fan. Uh, my favorite Star Trek movie is the one everybody goes, really? That one? And uh, Which one? You know, which one? Yeah. Uh, Star, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Okay, I think I've only seen part of that one, so... Oh, you're missing out on a good movie, my friend. <laughs> But um, Star Trek, uh, like I said, is my favorite. Star Wars is fine. It's a great sci-fi opera kind of thing. I am not a huge, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those Trek guy or one of those Wars guys that uh, Trekkies or go nuts, you know. But uh, I enjoy them both. Yeah, and this episode, one of the reasons I thought you'd like it is because it's clearly an homage to. Star Trek and the you know the the science fiction series of yesteryear. Oh yeah, it definitely when when it started off, I'm like, oh my god, it's like TOS. <laughs> yep. It so yeah, it's originally filmed in kind of that grainy uh, coloration that you would see in the the original Star Trek series, and the ships were okay. They looked like obviously models, but it starts out with Captain Robert Daly and his crew aboard the ship of the USS Callister. So they were tracking down their arch enemy, uh, Valdak, and they destroy his ship, but he escapes. And of course, uh, daily he pictures himself as being, you know, a, a, a Jim Kirk, you know, Captain Kirk type guy, because of course, yep. at, at the end, he kisses all the female crew members. Black, blue, it doesn't matter. And unfortunately, this is, we see why he acts like this, because when he goes to his real life, not just fantasy, we see that, what, n nothing for the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody reference? Oh, I'm sorry, I missed it. <laughs> That's okay. You've been talking to me for, like, uh, almost an hour now, so I can see how, because just... Okay, to let you guys behind the, you know, behind the, the curtain stare. here. 
Yeah, this is actually like drool. Yeah, we've we've actually recorded episodes back to back here, so <laughs> but anyways, we see that he works at a uh entertainment computer entertainment company called Callister Incorporated. So it was co founded by Daly and his boss, James Watson, who you know Walton. And then, Walton, sorry. And as he's going about his day to day you know, his normal routine there, we noticed that some of the people in his office were actually, we just saw in the opening scene as members of the crew. So at this point, did you quite realize what was going on, how it was virtual reality, or what were your thoughts? I thought it was kind of a shared game experience. So when I saw, at first when I saw these people in the office, I'm like, oh, okay, so they work with him, they're testers just like he is. But then I, I did get a little su- notice that something was up because all these people treated him like garbage. Yeah, and he was the chief technical officer there, so, right. you know, pretty important. And uh, when he first meets up with uh, Nanette Cole, which you pointed out was actually played by the same woman who was from... Uh, how I met, who played the mother, and how I met your mother. Yeah, and, Kristen Milioti. Yep, and also uh, Robert Daly is played by Jesse Plemons. And if you were a, if you're a Breaking Bad fan, he played. Okay, I can't remember the guy's name offhand, but but he was one of the the uh, Nazi bad guys in the the last season. So, you know, though I got to tell you, I I know it's not, but man, every time he would get that little kind of half smile on his face i'm like he looks just like matt damon (laughs) he kind of did so this company that he works at they produce a multiplayer virtual reality game called infinity so think of like you know like world of warcraft except in outer space that's the best way i could think to explain it and again we see that they're the, the personalities of Robert and James are completely opposite to what we saw in the first, you know, the opening scene where uh, Daly's kind of this, you know, shy, meek guy. And then James is more, way more assertive. Uh, we see Robert go into his office and, you know, there's all this memorabilia from a TV show he used to watch. Uh, what was it called? Space Fleet or something like that? Or yeah, I think it was Space Fleet. Let's see if something generic. I'm looking yeah. at. I'm, yeah, I'm looking here. You go ahead. I'll try to. Yeah, Space Fleet. So, anyways, Nanette praises his work on the game and says how you know it's just really talking him up on how much he likes it, and you can tell that he's kind of getting this you know ideas in his head like he's getting attracted to this woman. Um, but James bursts in and he decides to take Nanette on a tour of the facility. So when we get home, that's where we find out what the opening scene was. That uh, Dale Robert has his own version of the game he's playing. However, he modded it to resemble Space Fleet. Hence why everyone was dressed more like a, you know, like, like a Star Trek type character. Right, short miniskirts on the girls, and the the blue. They made use of the red, blue, and yellow, and things yep. like that. So, yeah, and for some reason, we see uh, Captain Daly in here getting really angry and 
of you know strangling James. And of course the you know James in the game here has no idea why. Right, right, and it all comes down to he's taking out his frustrations in a game uh, on the people who frustrate him in real life. Yep. So then when it goes back to the real world, uh, the see her name uh, Shania, you know, warns uh, Nanette about Daly, and. Well, she gets a cup of coffee, and then later we see Daly, when he sees that she's abandoned the cup of coffee, he goes and gets it in order to swab some of her DNA off of it. And he uses that to, we find out he uses the DNA from stuff he gets from his co-workers to create these virtual duplicates of them. And again, we, we also find out that the uh, the guy who's like the bad guy, uh, Valdak, you know, he's this big alpha male type guy who, um, you know, in the beginning, uh, daily tripped over his gym bag. So apparently he did something to piss him off that he decided, I'm going to make you the villain in my own personal game. Right. So, of course, Nanette doesn't want to play along. And that's when I, I did find admit I found this scene funny. It's like he holds a uh, his hand up towards her. And she's like, what are you going to do? Cast a fireball on me? Yeah, but what he does to her is a lot worse. Oh, yes. Because uh, he removes her facial features. And, you know, basically he... And this is what made you really kind of hate this guy. Because he's like, no one dies here unless I allow it. Right. And then even... Even that, but he's like, he, he takes away all her facial features, so she can't breathe, she can't see, um, she can hear because he wants to be able to control her, but he's like, I can make you like this forever. Never dying, just always gasping for air that's not there, and I'm just like, evil, evil, dude. Yeah, and as I said, since he basically was God in this virtual world... You know, as he said, you don't die unless I tell, unless I let you die. Right, and I think that brings us into how does he get these characters into the game, Al? I just explained it a few minutes ago. Weren't you listening? I must have not been. Okay, yeah, because we find out that he, because uh, in the previous scene he had taken that coffee cup that uh, that Nanette was drinking. And, you know, use that and we find out that, you know, he's take, he has this little refrigerator that he keeps by his computer that has these things in with the DNA of the, um, you know, his coworkers and including something else, which we'll be talking about, uh, in a moment here, which again, just further makes you hate this, this, uh, daily. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, they're going on a mission to apprehend uh, Valdak, who had escaped in the last from their last battle, and while they're fighting, um, he leaves the game because he has a pizza that has to be delivered. Well, you got to get your pizza, man. Yeah, of course, can't game without the pizza delivery. That's right. So this is as after he leaves, they concoct this idea to, you know, on how to escape and get out of this this virtual world where she finds a way to contact herself in real life. And when the real Nanette 
brings this to the real to Robert's attention, you know, he's like, "Oh, it was probably just spam." Yeah, it was a spam bot. Not all the firewall doesn't always get them out. Yes. Just 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 check your uh, your phone issues and uh, you'll be fine. Yep. But of course, once he gets back in the game, all hell breaks loose. Yes, because um, he, like I said, he's obviously like you know warning them not to do that again, and uh, you know of course he was about to do something bad, but he decides to be merciful this time. And that's when they, after he leaves, that's when Nanette points out that there's this wormhole forming. Because uh, earlier in the episode, they talk how they're going to be updating the game. Right. And the way that this, the, the mod that uh, Robert had created was interpreting this coming update was as this wormhole. So they decide, okay, if we can fly into the wormhole, that'll delete them and they'll die. Okay, they'll technically they'll die, but at least they won't have to worry about this anymore. Right. This this sentient version of them will die. They know they're still alive on the outside. Yeah. Well, and this is where James uh, explains why he's so subservient to, to Robert and why he doesn't want to go along with it. And again, this is where we realize what an evil, twisted person that, uh, that he is. Because yeah. when James, the real James, brought his son to visit him at work, he was he had a, a a lollipop, which Robert got the lollipop and then used that to create a virtual version of his son, and he basically threw him out of an airlock and forced him to watch his son basically die in in outer space. Um, so the only way he's going to do it is if uh, Nanette manages to you know destroy the lollipop containing his DNA. That's when they concoct their plan. Uh, what they do is they send the real Nanette. They manage to hack into her uh, photo cloud account. And there's some, let's just say, compromising photos. Let's just call them risque. <laughs> yes. Which, unfortunately, they can't really get excited because one of the things we find out is that... Uh, because there's one scene earlier than this where James is pulling down his pants, and he's about as well endowed as a Ken doll. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Dogma? Yes, I have. That reminded me of that. Uh, and the archangels like the we Metatron. Don't have the equipment. Yeah. I couldn't rape you if I wanted to. Yeah, and he yeah, pulls down his. Yeah, he pulls down his pants. Played yeah. by the late great Alan Rickman. Yeah, pulls down his yes. pants, and there's nothing there. And, you know, and it's like, okay, they don't even know to the, they can't even go to the bathroom. And of course the, the blue lady's like, I wish I could shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, something, one thing it did actually make me wonder, and of course this is all a joke. I know this isn't really happening, but the NPC in every, what are the characters in a video game that I play do when I'm not playing the game? Is it like that where the lights kind of dim when I'm not playing and, you know, all the NPCs and stuff are just kind of standing around. But anyways. Well, if you watch if you watch Rocket Ralph, that's what happens. Oh yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> So they put their plan into effect. Uh the when Robert logs back into the game, uh Nanette asks him to take him on a mission to a planet alone. And she tricks him into going swimming. And while they're doing this, 
the real Nanette breaks into Robert's apartment, steals the stuff, and then swaps out. There's this little device that they attach to the side of their head, which again, we saw something similar in San Junipero. Right. And one of the early episodes too, wasn't there? They would put something on your head and then nobody would see you. Wasn't that the same kind of thing? But anyway, I, I forget which episode I'm talking about here, but, uh, you know, it's, yeah, they, they put a fake disc there for him, so it delays him getting back into the game. Not as long as they thought it would, yep. but it does delay him. So when uh, Robert gets back in, he finds out that uh, his crew is trying to fly into the wormhole. And they're, uh, you know, of course, he's, he follows him to give chase, and he's uh, talking how they're going to make him suffer. And James pretty much, uh, we forgot, a, there was a scene before this. Uh, I, I should take better notes because um, Shania, before this happened, um, when she was trying to plead mercy for uh, Nanette, and remember, uh, Robert turned her into some big bug-like thing. Yeah, big big cockroach. So as they're trying to escape into the wormhole, uh, their ship gets damaged, and the only way to repair it is someone has to go in and, you know, they're going to be fried alive, basically. But James decides to do it. And he talks a little bit with Robert and stalls him, and he's like, yes, you're a visionary, you're a genius, but you also killed my son. And, you know, then he makes a connection that allows them to, the ship to fly you through the wormhole. Engines, yeah. yeah. Yep. And when they get back, and the... The firewall detects the mod and starts stripping it away. And because of this, um, Daly isn't able to log out of the game. And that's when he starts panicking because he realizes his consciousness is in this game. And because of the mod, it's basically going to get deleted. So when it gets back to the real world, you know, we see him. He's just kind of passed out dead on his chair. Well, you don't know if he's dead, but he's definitely not moving any longer. I hope, because of the type of character he was, I hope that his body lives for a while and his consciousness lives for a while separated from each other. I mean, I know that sounds evil, but, man, you take somebody's kid and you kill him right in front of him, that's that's harsh. Yeah. And I think I, killing him would be too generous. Rather see him suffer? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Well... However, we find out that the crew did survive the trip through the wormhole, except now they're dressed in a different type of uniform, the one for, like, the regular Infinity game. And that's where they meet up with a a gamer who introduces himself as Gamer691, uh, voiced by Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, who's like, you know, hey, are we going to trade or, you know, and they're like, it's like, well, Oh, how do you put it? Like, are we going to trade or fuck off? And it's like, they're like, what are we going to do, Captain? Because, of course, everyone's looking to Nanette now yeah, as the leader. Now. She's like, okay, let's let's just go fuck off. And, you know, they fly away. He's <laughs> like, yeah, you better run. King of space, baby. Yeah. And that was voiced, you said, by Aaron Paul. Is he the um, is he the YouTuber? Is that? No, you're thinking of uh, Logan Paul. Um, Aaron, oh, okay. Yeah, Aaron Paul played Jesse Pinkman on Breaking Bad. Never saw an episode of Breaking Bad. 
No, I haven't. I'm I'm also watching Better Call Saul, the prequel, and I've also seen El Camino. Okay, fair enough. Now, as far as this episode, I like it. It's not my favorite episode in the series, but it's it's up there. And one of the things I like about it, I think as far as endings go, it probably has one of the most satisfying endings in the series so far. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. It's hard to find a happy ending. There was kind of a happy ending with Hated in the Nation. There was kind of a happy ending with San Junipero. What are you talking? San Junipero had a great ending. I mean, yeah, these these two women died, but, you know, both of them were old. And, I I mean, in the case of Yorkie, it's like (laughs) she didn't really have much to live for. But I thought San Junipero had a very uplifting ending. I see your argument. I disagree, but I see your argument. Okay, that's fine. But this one made you feel good because the bad guy got it in the end. And though they're still trapped in this game and will be forever, they at least have control of it now. That's true. And and that's one of the reasons I find it satisfying is because the bad guy gets what he deserves. And I, I mean, really... It is interesting because we think about these virtual, um, oh yes, White Christmas, that's where we also saw these little disc, disc-like yeah, things. Yeah, that was it. Yep. And it's like, okay, I mean, it, it almost brings back the same argument because before, when we discussed White Christmas, we are saying, okay, there's this cookie that's being punished, which the cookie is basically a virtual copy of your consciousness and your way, how you think. Right. And it was being punished. Is that fair? Because technically, the cookie didn't commit the crime. You know, the person that it was based on did. So why should the cookie be punished? Right. You know, and uh, it it also makes you wonder, in this case here, it's like, okay, we've got basically a a copy of someone's uh, consciousness. Actually, I'm not sure how much consciousness they have because it doesn't... um, I mean, it's kind of weird because they they know a little bit about what's going on out there and they remember somewhat of their past lives. But um, I, I mean, I'm not it doesn't really address how much of their past lives they remember. But I suppose it's probably not really important for this uh, for the episode here. Well, they do because they all talk about it. They all you know, they're all like, well, you know, I was this when I came in here. The one guy's like, am I really still just an intern getting coffee? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think there is a separation of knowledge then. They they know everything up till the time they came into the game. Yeah. From there they have no yeah, idea caught, what yeah. their their lives are. So, and I think I think that's an interesting way to do it. Uh I I think it's the only way you could do it because if you have different lives invading on each other, the the strain on the brain would just be too much. It would be paradoxical almost. Yeah. So what did you think of the technology in this episode, how they had uh, with this game? Because, and that's another thing about this game, this episode that I thought was interesting. It wasn't really focusing too much on the destructive aspects of technology. It was just showing technology being used for a fun diversion. I, I think... I, yeah, you're right. And I think that as far as technology goes in this one, I think it was secondary to the story. I think that 
the technology is just amped up, uh, you know, um, immersive AI or whatever you want to call it. I think we're headed there anyway. Games like that where you can just become part of the game. I think that's, I think that's on it. I think that's on the horizon as it is. I don't think we're going to stop that one. I don't think that one's not going to get here. Um, but it's kind of scary. The scanner that he had that could create these people within his game. That technology is really scary because he could take whatever had the DNA on it, put it in the computer slot. It's like a like a drawer or something. Yeah. He puts it in there and a few beams hit on it and they're like, in 18 hours, it'll be part of your game. And that's why they still have their memories because it's direct DNA. They are somehow sequencing DNA into zeros and ones. And, and that it, technology scares me. Yeah, and it's also interesting to consider: Do they would they have rights because they're just a, they're not a physical person; they're just a digital consciousness. Um, and again, another thing that I think we should consider is: Okay, what if the episode didn't end the way it did, and you know, Dolly, uh, Robert, you know, did survive, but it was found out that he was doing this where he was taking you know, the DN, he was taking DNA from people without their permission, you know, even if it was, even though it was just from discarded objects and he was creating virtual versions of them and had them in this game where he could pretty much do whatever he wanted with them. So what would the legal ramifications of that be? Is that something that would possibly be a punishable offense? I think so, because I don't know about in the UK, but the United States right now, it is illegal for me to take your DNA and do anything with it without your permission, unless you are um, taken in as um, a suspect or something. And, and law officials have certain rights. They can use your DNA. But like if I came to your house, Al, and just like waited around for you to drink out of a glass and stole your DNA and went and made little Al's in the corner somewhere, that's illegal. Now, Chad... Yes. If you made digital copies of me, would I want to know what you would do with them in an online role-playing game? Have you ever seen The Sims? Yeah. I would, I would put them all in, in the pool, and then I would build barriers all the way around the pool so you could never get out. <laughs> <laughs> now, Chad, if I made a digital copy with you, I would make all of us look like we were in the prime of our lives, and we would all be big studly muscle bound heroes and we'd go on heroic adventures together and you would put me in a pool that I wouldn't be able to escape. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm feeling I like the love. Better. Let's do that. Okay. Well, I think that's a good place to end this episode. So like I said, all in all, my opinion, one of the better episodes, satisfying ending. And I definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, even if you don't plan on watching the entire series. Yeah, I would agree. Good, good episode. Um, not, not as high on it quite as you are, but uh, they did get me by having casted Kristen Malati in it, uh, and it was just a great. It was a great look at technology and and the human animal. So with that said, I'd like to thank you all for tuning in, and hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, until next time. Have a great day and stay safe from that coronavirus. Talk to you guys later. 
You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.